who have a purpose tend to be more optimistic and those who are more optimistic tend to live about seven and a half years longer and a higher quality of life. You know, we are what we really think about. So to the extent we, we have purpose and meaning about how we look at life, that is tremendously valuable for us. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and creative guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And I love to hear from my listeners. My new website, ZestfulAging.com, is up, and it makes it easy for you to leave comments or suggestions. As a psychotherapist with a specialty in food and eating issues, I know that the holidays can be a real challenge when it comes to food. Food and family visits are often a tricky combination. So if you'd like to learn how to have a more peaceful relationship with food, eating, and your body, both during the holidays and the rest of the year, check out my web course, The Wisdom of Mindful Eating. This course is super practical and it's user-friendly. It has the power to change your life. You'll find the course on the website, zestfulaging.com. Our music is provided by Judy Banker, who was a guest on Zestful Aging. Her CD, Buffalo Motel, will be out in January of 2020. Find out more about Judy at her website, judybanker.com. Well, I've got my Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. We have a great guest for you today. Dr. Roger Landry is an aging specialist and the author of the award-winning book, Live Long, Die Short, a guide to authentic health and successful aging. He's the president of Masterpiece Living, a group of specialists in aging who partner with communities to assist them in building environments that empower older adults to maximize their unique potential. Dr. Landry's medical experience includes being involved in a number of significant world events, including the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, the Beirut bombing of the Marine barracks, and the first seven shuttle launches and the first manned balloon crossing of the Pacific. Welcome to the show. Well, Nicole, thank you for having me. I feel like my stock's going up already, just being on the show. (laughs) You have such a unique background uh, as a physician, uh, a colonel in the Air Force, and a public health scholar, and you were even the doctor for the world-famous test pilot, Chuck Yeager, and I'm wondering how your experience and your work in the military has helped you understand aging and longevity. Well... At first blush, you'd say, what? You dealt with test pilots and astronauts and pilots and now older adults? I like to think they have one thing in common. They both have a very strong appreciation for the effects of gravity. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We're starting (laughs) off with a bang here. (laughs) 
but but uh, seriously, uh, in the Air Force, I took care of pilots, and they work in very risky environments. And they were pretty healthy people, but uh, even a small condition would be life-threatening for them in these very risky environments. And when I transitioned after the military, uh, I, I went into this field because, my goodness, there was so much new literature on that, that lifestyle is the major d- uh, driver in how we age, and the demographic is just exploding, you know. Mm-hmm. Soon every fifth person will be over 65. And so this was a very, um, this was a very uh, fertile area for making a difference. And so uh, older adults, as they age, uh, and even younger adults, depending upon, you know, how they live, uh, that gets a bit risky. And so to be all you can be, that's, uh, that was what I was uh, attempting to do with pilots, to make sure they were healthy and performing at their best. Well, it's the same principle, but with older adults and with, uh, to manage all the risks that come with just being alive, but also being alive in, you know, later in life. So... It was, it was, it's really natural when you think of it that way. Are there similar recommendations that you had for the pilots that you give now for folks as they age and want to experience some longevity? Well, one of the big ones with pilots is that don't drink a lot the night before you go on a mission, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, pilots uh, tend to be rough livers. And so, but there were, there were absolutely um, uh, similar things and it was about prevention it was about uh, taking care of the of, of the things that are easy to take care of so that they don't become big problems it was about uh, for pilots and I believe I think in these very stressful times um, uh, compartmentalization and pilots are great at this so the world can be falling apart around them divorce sickness in their family finances and yet they'll get into the cockpit and they know they must be present they must they must deal with where they are now they must deal with whatever the problem is now because to be thinking about these other things uh is is potentially life-threatening because you're not at your best and i think it's the same for anyone who in this somewhat stressful world uh we tend to uh, you know, have a chattering mind and multitask and we're always thinking about the next thing and we're not in the present very often. And that puts us at risk, you know, for accidents or making errors. But it also, when you're in a, when you do this in a chronic way, this creates chronic stress, which uh, I don't like to say, but I use the word, it rots us from within. It puts mm-hmm. us at, at higher risk uh, for dementia, for cancer, for heart disease, for lower quality of life, for depression. It, the sky's the limit. I, I believe that stress is the scourge of our society today. So you're very focused on helping people stay in the moment and manage the stress, maybe environmental stress, family, all the stuff that we live with as adults. It sounds like one of the themes here is how do you manage this so it doesn't have a a negative impact on your body? Yes. So we focus on lifestyle and we focus holistically, physical, mental, intellectual, uh, uh, social and spiritual, spiritual meaning being in purpose, and all of those are negatively affected by chronic stress, and uh, we're sort of all uh, victims or at least exposed to potential sources of chronic stress. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I know the demographic of your listeners, and my daughter is uh, the mother of four. Uh, they're, most, they're mostly adolescent now, but one's still 11. And uh, I see her life, and my goodness, uh, she does have a husband, but I can imagine if she didn't even have a husband, a single mother, to, to be working, to be a mother, to getting everyone where they need to be. This is just incredibly demanding schedule, and mm -hmm. uh, I see it in so many women, and, and they're going to say, well, what are you going to do about it, doctor? It's reality. Well, you know, I, I wish I could <laughs> relieve them of some of that, but uh, I think how they look at it, I think, is incredibly important as to whether this will be something that uh, is potentially destructive or and puts them at risk for a number of diseases and uh, impairments and and decline and and uh, you know just a ne lower quality of life and. You know, Eckhart Tolle wrote the book, uh, The Power of Now, and he, and he mm -hmm. talks about being in the present moment. And uh, what I see often with my daughter is that she'll be at a game where, she, you know, because she brought her son there and then she's watching the game, but she, she's thinking about where she's going next. She's, she's, she's talking to people about what's happening next. She's worried about dinner. And, and of course, those are all realities, and, and I'm not a Pollyanna about this. But the fact is, that's mostly mind games. Uh, that's chattering mind, which we all experience in one way or another. We're, rather than being where we are, uh, we're thinking of somewhere else or we're going somewhere else. And that creates huge stress with all the negative impacts. So, you know, what I recommend is, I, tap, I have 10 tips in my book, Live Long, Die Short. And the seventh one is, wherever you are, be there. Uh, and, and be totally there, not only physically, but uh, in your mind. And again, I understand uh, a lot of demands on women, on people these days. But stress, uh, and this, this is going to cause some uh, hair to go up on the back of people's neck, I think. Stress really is self-induced mm. when, it, when it comes down to it. Mm. And uh, I'll explain that if you'd like. Uh, because otherwise I think they'd be digitally, digitally yeah. throwing stones at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot of comments on that one. Well, you know, there are stressful situations out there, but stress comes from our reaction to them. So if we didn't react to a stressful situation, uh, take the world, take terrorism, violence, uh, whatever. If we didn't react to that personally, uh, in the ways that we do, those would not be as personally stressful for us uh, with the kind of stress that can cause us disease. So when faced with a stressful situation, that's really only three things to do uh, it, and everything else that is crazy. That is to fix it, whatever it is, if it's a problem or a situation, fix it. And if you can't fix it, make a plan to fix it. And I can explain why that's so important. That's doing something. And then the second thing is to just walk away because frequently it isn't even our problem, uh, but we carry it around as baggage. We, we worry about what's going on where we don't have uh, a say, you know, and I know it's being a citizen of the world and it's being responsible, but to the point that it causes us uh, loss of sleep, the, the kind of, uh, you know, rapid pulse, hypertension, all those things that can be destructive to us, stressful to us. That's not a good thing. And then thirdly, and this is what most of us have to do, is just accept whatever it is as reality 
and Mm -hmm. move on, accommodate it and move on. Don't argue with reality. Exactly. I mean, that's that's like, uh, what, that's... I'm trying to think of some totally uh, impossible thing that we're attempting to accomplish when we know we can't. And, and it's, it's accepting the reality that, okay, all around me, there are people who are, who are violent, who make mistakes, who uh, you know, I don't agree with. And yet I, it, it, we have to not internalize that. You know? and mm-hmm. We're responsible for our internal milieu. So, you know, what's inside of us, and that is what determines our health. You know, a lot of this, I wanted, wanted to explain the fixing part, um, is uh, that most, for most of the time we've been on Earth, we were hunter-gatherers, and uh, the hunter-gatherer lifestyle, there was basically no such thing as time. It was sunrise and sunset and the moons and the seasons, and, and so this, this time-oriented society that we live in, they didn't experience, and, and we still have their physiology, and uh, we're, so we're really not built to live in the kind of conditions that we live in today. Mm-hmm. We have to, and so we have to make some sort of accommodations so that we don't get totally taken away by this friend frenetic uh, lifestyle and therefore do damage to ourselves and to those around us and to our relationships. And so uh, that's about uh, that's about being in the present moment, you know. So, uh, well, doctor, how, do, how am I in the present moment? Where I got all these things to do, you know. I love the, the I, I usually in my presentations, I, I love to ask if there are any artists in the audience, and I usually get a hand, and I say, so what happens to time when you're painting? Mm-hmm. They say it goes away. And you know, you can't be stressed if there is no sense of time, really. Uh-huh. And I say, how do you feel? And they say, oh my goodness, I feel good, I feel content, I feel happy, I feel joyous, I hear. And it's because they are in the present moment. They're not in some altered state. They could be at their son's baseball game, but they're there. They're, they're looking at lines and shadows and colors, but you could be just as well noticing that bird up there, the, the smell in the air, the breeze moving the leaves in the trees, your son's movements, all of that, mm-hmm. rather than, oh my God, I'm going to be late for the next appointment, you know. I, I know this sounds uh, very difficult to do, but if you can do this just in a, just for seconds, mm-hmm. just, just in only a little bit, it'll so make your life more pleasant and less likely to be damaging. So You're that's, talking about mindfulness. Mindfulness, exactly. That, that is it, exactly. Being so, present, mindful. Look, so let me talk to you about this, because I'm a huge advocate of what you're talking about, and um, I really wholeheartedly agree. There's another piece, though, and I'm curious to, to hear what you uh, say about it. You talked about your daughter and how she has kids and a job and all this stuff, and one of the things that's happened in history also is that it doesn't seem like culture has quite gotten the hang of two career uh, parents also raising kids who also have all of these activities, who also have hours of homework. And it does seem like culturally, and, and if, if you think about the book, The Happiness Curve, where those in the age of your daughter are really asked asked to do things that are 
not really possible to do um, unless you're a superhuman. So what do you think of this idea of some of the expectations, the cultural expectations, particularly on women. She wants to be a good mom. She wants to be a good worker. And there's only so many hours in the day. And yet, there are these skills, the mindfulness that can be very helpful. How do you how do you think about that? Oh, what a question. This is such an excellent question, and, and I wish I had the definitive answer. I think all I can do is sort of identify what's going on and maybe recommend some things, but this is just a reflection of our total um, lack of um, makeup, how we're made up, our physiology, uh, and and there's a big gap between how we're living now and how... Uh, what's in our DNA and what we inherited from our ancestors and and remember we live that way as humans for 99% of the time we've been on earth uh-huh. uh, and, and this all happened within the blink of an eye of the time that humans have been on earth and so we're I guess we're in a transition period right now. <laughs> That's not very comforting to someone who's being pulled in 57 directions. Right, right. But, but, but I, to I th- understand that, you know, because I, 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 I so um, endorse what you're saying. In fact, after we finish talking, I'm going to go take a walk in the woods to be with the trees, to be in nature, all the stuff that's in alignment with what you're saying. But I think it's also important for us, um, and you talked about women in particular, to understand that if you're burnt out, it's not just because you're not meditating enough. Is exactly. that fair? That is absolutely fair. And you know, I think I think women and I think men in their careers, uh, I think that we, uh, we're too hard on ourselves. I think we're, we, uh, we, we, uh, we don the cloak of a super person and attempt to do much because we feel that's, that is the measure of success. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, as you said, this is impossible to do. Uh, to the extent that a woman feels that she, that she fails as a mother unless, unless she does it all, that's certainly erroneous and uh, an, an impossible goal to reach. I, I think it's, it's a matter of realizing there's lots to be done. And you know, you know, in an airplane briefing, when they say, if you're traveling with a child and we have a decompression and the oxygen masks come down, put yours on first mm-hmm. before the child because you will be no help to the child if you don't put yours on first. And this is for caregiving and I think it's for uh, the kind of uh, situation that many modern women find themselves in. Mm-hmm. It's very important they take care of themselves or they'll never be able to accomplish even a half or a fraction of what they're doing now. I think they should, you know, and that's about taking that time for a walk or, or even if the walk is just in your in your mind for a few seconds you know a meditation or just being mindful or just being very present as to what's around you but I think it's important that women prioritize I mean uh, they have multiple tasks which ones really need to be done you know now mm-hmm. especially this time of year right with the holidays mm-hmm. that's <laughs> uh, right which ones absolutely need to be done and is is this something that is is going in the scheme of, th- of my life that is important and prioritize that way and I think they should be absolutely ready to ask for help 
mm-hmm. and to delegate. It's okay. That doesn't mean they're a failure. That means they're a leader and a, and a, a tactician and a general, mm-hmm. and they're about getting the mission done. Uh, because if they can't do it all themselves in the best way, well, then you enlist people to do it. And I would just tackle one task at a time. I'm, uh, multitasking is a fallacy, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's looked on today as a, an, a necessary trait. And I think you know, Nicole, and I know you've had guests who've talked about this, but you know, our brain really doesn't multitask. It mm-hmm. jumps from one to the next thing to the another in a very quickly, quick way. And, and creativity and efficiency and, and just getting things done correctly all, all uh, suffers. Can you take us through, as an expert, and you have, you know, certainly been in situations which are crises and really demand um, the best physical uh, fitness and also mental focus. Take us through some parts of your day, and could you tell us how you integrate some of these, you call them lifestyle changes, uh, being present. How do you keep yourself healthy? I mean, you know all of the data. You you know all of the research. Can you tell us a little bit how it looks for you? Well, certainly. Uh, my uh, my life, I spend a lot of time in uh, meetings on a computer when I'm at home, but I, that, that's about a third of the time, and the other time I'm on the road. And uh, when I'm at home, I can I can uh, do some exercise. I can walk in nature. I certainly can be with friends uh, on the road. That becomes a little more difficult. The first thing I do is to sort of try to order my day so that I do have some time, even however little, for myself, uh, where I just think, where I just maybe meditate, or I just present, or I just take a walk around the hotel, or or I savor a meal. Uh, you know, tasting, really tasting. These things can only, can just take seconds and minutes. And, and I'm also, I forgive myself if I cannot, uh, say, work out or as much as I do at home. It's okay. Uh, forgive, it, it, you're only making more stress for yourself when you're judging yourself and you're hard on yourself and you're, mm-hmm. you're putting pictures of pigs on your refrigerator oh, and that sort goodness. of thing. You, you've dealt with that one, oh, haven't you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Shame doesn't get you very far, does uh, it? No, it does not. And I was raised as a Catholic. Guilt doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> like it might you know it seems like you know my clients will say i just need a good kick in the pants and i think no that's the opposite of what you need no you that, need some self-compassion absolutely compassion for others begins with compassion for yourself absolutely and you know i'm not a slacker okay that's that's a word you should say often until you are one <laughs> down the road but 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 no i think that I think that life today is uh, is very difficult. We are really not wired to uh, to live this way. Uh, give us another you know million years, and we'll be adapted to it maybe. But <laughs> but right now we're still cavemen, really type of physiology, and this whole idea of time uh, being the prime mover of our society and our day that is foreign to us and. We're not going to get out of it. We're not going to go back being hunter-gatherers. But the acknowledgement that the that this is this is a potential danger, and the compassion for ourselves, and the and the taking time, however short, 
to be able to prioritize our tasks, make sure this is worth doing, this is my problem, can I let it go, or I can fix it, or I can just, not my problem, and I, or I just accept the way it is, and I do the best I can, and uh, again, be compassionate. It'll make it a lot easier. You talked also about uh, a spiritual aspect being very important. What what do you mean by that? Well, uh, I gave a lot of talks, and and uh, spirituality is the major one of the four major components that we deal with as we deal with people who help them age in a better way, uh, holistically. And so uh, we take it as a very very broad topic, as I th- not only because of what we do, because I think it is a broad topic. Religion, you know, being a, a way that some people uh, live a spiritual life. Spirituality is defined by the experts as the quest for the for those metaphysical answers, like why am I here, and what's mm-hmm. my purpose in life, and what is my relationship to other creatures. So it's the quest. It's not even finding it. In other words, you're spiritual if you're looking. Oh. And and, and uh, it's so it's not a destination. It's the journey. And, uh, and uh, that's revealing. And now some people find that in religion, some people find it in nature, in, uh, in music, in uh, children, at least for a little while, <laughs> uh, in animals. Uh, and so uh, this, this, and for us, uh, this is more strictly defined as having meaning and purpose in your life, what gets you out of bed. Now, we have that, and many times we don't even think about what our meaning and purpose is. We just strap on all these responsibilities, and we rush through decades of our lives and then find ourselves later on, children gone, career, uh, at least the everyday career you had as being over, and you say, what's it all about? What is my life all about? And, and without meaning and purpose, we don't do well. We wither. And uh, we're much more likely to be afflicted with things like dementia and cardiac disease and cancer. And uh, people who have a purpose tend to be more optimistic. And those who are more optimistic tend to live about seven and a half years longer and a higher quality of life. You know, we are what we really think about. So to the extent we, we have purpose and meaning, and uh, we, we, it, that causes us to be kind of a half-full kind of person about mm-hmm. how we look at life. That is tremendously valuable for us. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Do you, speaking of purpose and meaning, do you want to talk a little bit about Masterpiece Living? Oh, sure. well, thank you. Uh, basically, we came out of the, in the, the MacArthur Foundation in Chicago under the uh, stimulus of Jonas Salk, who was on the board. He created, he... Oh, uh, wow. Yes. <laughs> it, we, we have quite a... Is that all? Quite a pedigree. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, he uh, stimulated them to do a 10-year-long study and why some people age in a better way than others. They seem to be able to, get, even when they get knocked down, they get right back up as best they can. They accommodate things that happen. It's not that things don't happen. They do. They accommodate and keep going and they live long die short as the title of my book says and uh, my brother was with the MacArthur Foundation and he had the the uh, the absolute privilege of sharing a cab ride with Jonas after they had found out the results of the 10-year-long study which which 
told us it was lifestyle that made the big difference. Seventy mm-hmm. percent of how we age was lifestyle, physical, mental, social, spiritual. And so he gave some advice to my brother and my brother uh, put that into action a few years later, got a group together and we started exploring how do we apply what that study told us, that, that we're really responsible for how we age. It is really up to us and it's never too late, never too early. And so for the last 20 years, that's what we've been doing. We, we have developed tools to, to take a look at your lifestyle, find out you know, what you may be neglecting or what you're doing real well, get feedback, work with a coach. Mostly uh, our partners are retirement communities, but of late, we're, uh, we're reaching out to people in their homes over the internet with uh, the content and the approach that we have because we always wanted to reach a lot more people. So the whole idea is if you pay attention to your lifestyle, and it's easy to do, you don't have to run marathons or eat bark all day, you know? <laughs> I usually say eat kale, kale, but I like bark, yes, good. Um, that this is very easy. It's just about moving. It's about continuing to learn. Mm-hmm. It's, ab- it's about being subst- substantively connected to others, not over, you know, having a thousand friends on Facebook. It's about looking people in the eye and, mm-hmm. and having, you know, I, th- I think women do this so well, that's why they live longer. And, uh, and then lastly, to have meaning and purpose. And when you pay attention to those things, it makes all the difference. And we've seen it in our, we have data, six million data points, and, and really it, it just validates what the MacArthur and all s- uh, studies after that showed us, that th- this, this, is, this is up to us, and it, it's very, very doable. Mm-hmm. So the, the findings are pretty, um, it sounds like the Harvard study of adult development, Yes, uh, it, it's, it's very in line with, you know, connection, relationship, uh, a lot of uh, um, focus on social, and you say look in, in the eye. And what I found interesting is some of the latest research talking about it doesn't even have to be this inner circle. It could be looking at your uh, your mail carrier and having a, a short conversation and actually having connections with neighbors who, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily go in their home, but feeling like, as mammals, you know, you're in a tribe. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. It's certainly great to have those substantive ones. I just spent some uh, dinner. I get together with children, uh, kid, men now, but I grew up with, and we've known each other. There's 15 of us who've known each other for 65 years. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, that's good. But like you're saying, if, if you have a conversation with someone, we tend to just speak in cliches we tend to be thinking of what we're going to say next when someone is talking to us and we don't really pay attention we don't really try to put ourselves in their shoes we don't really observe them we don't really listen to what they say in a way that is really beneficial to us so you know trying that once or twice i think it it will change uh, how you see the world and those fellow humans around you i i couldn't agree more that's so interesting. And you're talking about, I think, being more intentional about how you want to live and not just being on autopilot. Is that You are that absolutely correct? right. That is a perfect okay. word, Nicole. Perfect. You've done this before. I ah, well, I do. It is my favorite subject. So I've read a lot and um, I, 
you know, I certainly haven't had your experience with uh, jet fighters, uh, pilots. But, no, but um, you've had them with your with your my psychotherapy as, as a, practice. Uh, yeah, you uh, know, it's 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 so much. It seems like what we're both talking about is bringing quality to our lives rather than just. Um, this, you know, what am I going to make for dinner? What, you know, what, what, what am I going to buy as a gift? It, it, it's much more about how do I want to live? What really brings me joy? And, and having almost like a strategy. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, the Industrial Revolutions 200, 250, 300 years ago changed everything. We became production-oriented, not only in factories, but in our lives, that production mm. was the currency. It's how much we produce or how much we achieve. Prior to that, uh, human societies, uh, which were, tended to be smaller, tribes and small towns and things it was it was about interaction and connection and what we did together collectively for the greater good and that has changed so radically it is leaving us with our heads spinning really almost literally and uh and 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 you're right living intentionally uh we can we can do this in this crazy world of ours by just identifying that these things are very critical to us, our connection and, again, moving and learning and having meaning and purpose, and make sure that we, uh, we creatively uh, introduce those things if we've lost them or to, you know, dust them off or to uh, give them a little more heat, you know, or turn them on and pay attention, being intentional about them, uh, so that we don't uh, forget these things, which is so easy to do in our, in our current society. Do you have any thoughts about the current uh, significant rise in suicide? Is this does this seem like there's a connection here somehow? Uh, definitely. I, I think uh, certainly there's there's a lot with the opiate uh, crisis. There is uh, uh, that that I think has caused some, and uh, certainly post-traumatic stress uh, is is at a huge. Uh, maybe it was there before, but I uh, in in levels like this. But I doubt it. And it's not only in veterans; it's in people who you know, gun mass mass shootings and things. So many affect people affected even by the news. Just hearing news can uh -huh. can cause people. And so this uh, this is very very upsetting. And uh, and then and then there's the whole pace of our society that I as I've said before we're really not equipped to handle and so someone who is overwhelmed and is not connected to another I mean you know what did you do when you were a child you had a problem you could discuss it with your your parents uh, you have good friends you could discuss it with your friends but more and more we feel isolated I mean there's a there's a scourge of loneliness mm -hmm. e even in 20 and 30 year olds you know you've heard this and and that's 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 difficult to wrap your head around but that again that sort of makes for the uh, the high risk of suicide when you when you don't see it as changing, you don't have answers, you don't have a support system to just, you know, uh, run it by them, get, get get their views, or for someone to just listen to you. Oh my goodness, it's it's so it's so fascinating what you're saying because the, I've I've noticed that the therapy session is becoming almost arcane in that we're sitting face to face, not on screens 
talking to each other for 45 minutes. Yes. Who yeah. does that anymore? You know, I'd, I'd like to say, uh, uh, I'd like to be optimistic. And I say, well, in five years, maybe six, seven, eight years time, someone in California is going to invent this new thing that is just magnificent. It's fun. It's got this classy name and it's spreading across the country and it makes you well. And it's about sitting around a table and talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I love that. Now we've gotten we every day. I think we get further and further. I know we all worry about our young people who have been growing up with technology mm -hmm. since they first began to learn. We at least, at least I, mm -hmm. had the had the luxury of living without it for a long time, and so I can put it in perspective. But yes. some of these young children can't, and we we worry about their ability to uh, communicate or to uh, connect with others in a, in a human substantive way so mm -hmm. now these are challenges I think we can handle them and I even in some cases I think technology can help us uh, deal with it but it's acknowledging that this is not normal <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. the levels of stress that we have they are mm -hmm. destructive and that we can indeed recognize what we need and that is to pay attention to ourselves to to be able to step out of the, the off the treadmill and out of the rat race if even for seconds and to have compassion for ourselves for others and to, to take time to be human uh, it's pretty mm -hmm. that simple that's a great uh, way to summarize it. Now, I know that you're very busy, and yet you're adding another project to your plate, which is a podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, you're a role model to all of us, uh, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is called The Bright Side of Longevity. Mm -hmm. And uh, with two of my uh, young uh, women colleagues, we... Uh, we uh, we're about to launch, I would think, in probably another month. We've, we've recorded many, many episodes. And you know, if you're going to launch a podcast, you better, right. have a, you better have a lot in the hopper. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You want to get on that new and, and what is it, uh, noteworthy on, on iTunes. That, oh, that's yeah. what oh, they tell you. You oh. got to launch it. You got to have a bunch. So uh, Absolutely. That's, that's how they do it. Yeah. So, so this is about the things we're talking about now. It's about, uh -huh. it's about uh, living in, in, in the era of longevity. And no matter what your age, I, we're trying to make it appropriate and, uh, and uh, help bring a little bit of uh, sanity and advice and uh, compassion. And humor, <laughs> and I'm humor. guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the, the, the young ladies I work with every time, they're rolling their eyes because <laughs> here, here comes his story on this okay. one. <laughs> uh, who, who are you uh, hosting with? Who I am with Teresa Beshwaite, who I have oh, been working right. with in Masterpiece Living for almost uh, 15 years now. Uh, yes. She's a remarkable lady who is a master's in public health and a, and a, a coach, a very uh, accomplished coach. And uh, also Danielle Pai, who is uh, our social media creative writer and spiritual guru. So we've got a lot of fields covered here with the three of us and uh, wow. and we're going to bring in guests as you do in order to uh, make sure that we we can get down uh, drill down on some topics that we don't have the skill for but we have the interest in 
Mm-hmm. And when is this launching? We're going to launch that next month, the beginning of uh, okay. no, uh, no, beginning of January. Yeah, next month, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, here we are already, December. Perfect. So, Perfect. but thank you for mentioning that, and uh, we hope that it's even a fraction of the popularity that you oh, have in yours. Goodness gracious, I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure we'll have some overlap and uh, some networking going. Um, so, the bright side of longevity, and that you'll be uh, launching that on iTunes and all of the yes. platforms? Yeah, Facebook okay. and everywhere they'll be able to reach it and over the usual podcast I, uh, you know, icons on your phone. And you're going to, you've consented to be a guest yes, on our I'm show. Yes, I'm really so excited. We're, we're love that. We're, you know, scratching each other's back, I guess. So to speak. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. And people can find your book, I'm guessing, on Amazon they and can. all over. They can. And live they, Long, they, Die Short. That's yeah. right. Live Long, Die Short. And they can get a signed copy if they go to LiveLongDieShort.com. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, .com, and uh, we'll send them a, a signed copy. And uh, But thank you for that. I, uh, I, uh, I, I think so much of what we do uh, is, uh, is overlapping. And I, I feel that more and more there's a movement from multiple people, uh, multiple experts and just experienced people or just motivated people all coming together to try to make this whole aging journey, this whole living journey, uh, a mm-hmm. better experience. So thanks for what you do, Nicole. Oh, you're so welcome. And it has been such a pleasure to speak with you. I feel like we could probably talk for hours. We could try uh, to solve all the world's problems. We could, <laughs> we could. I mean, I hear we're coming. We have a lot of similar philosophies and understanding based on, you know, our experience and work with uh, trying to help people feel better and and do better. Absolutely. So it's and, been uh, a real privilege speaking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. A privilege and, and a pleasure and privilege for me, Nicole. And it's absolutely been just a great, great experience for me. And I oh. look forward to more. I can't wait. Thank you uh, so much. Bye Bye-bye. now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. Mm-hmm.